talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Brent, Kevin, this is Jeff. How are you today, guys? Doing good. About as good as I was right before the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think the secret's out that we record multiple in a day, but that's okay. Good, but you, yeah. get, you could at least play along, right? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so today uh, is a little bit different uh, topic than last week. Last week we talked about Christmas. Today we're going to talk about, or this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, a, a serious question, and it is this. What does the post-corona church look like? Mm. And the easy answer and the most truthful answer for most pastors and church leaders is <laughs> we have we have no, no earthly idea. Yeah. Yeah. And just to set the stage, we are mid corona. Right. Yes, as we as we discuss this, <clears throat> we, we're 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 mid new corona. I guess we could even say because yeah. the numbers. I, I read something this morning that 11 million cases in the U.S. at this point. Um, you've got Europe that's exploding with cases and. You know, so we're we're not going to comment about the political nature necessarily of the corona. That's a whole separate issue. Yeah. What really, what we really want to deal with is what what how does it how is the what is the implications? What are the implications for the church? What is it going to do to how we do church? And what what are the possibilities of what could happen? Well, I was I was speaking with one of our senior adult ladies Sunday and and just chit-chatting and talking but she mentioned basically in her own words she can't wait for things to get back to normal and I looked at her and I said this is the new normal yeah now how long this lasts the way that we understand it you know it is up for speculation but this is the new normal and even this is changing if not day by day as it was months ago, definitely week by week and month by month. Things are tweaking, changing, looking different. We haven't even hit the hard, cold time of 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 winter yet. So, oh, man, I, do, do things ever go back to normal? I mean, pre-World War II versus post-World War II, things never looked the same. They didn't. And this is a this is a global event that's happening. I, I don't know if it is ever going to look the same again the way that it looked before. And I'm not trying to be a doom and gloomer, but from a real realistic perspective, I, I I don't know. I don't know if there is an answer. Especially, you know, you, you got the whole thing with with these um, um, antibodies and the and not antidotes, what's it called? Uh, the vaccine. Vaccine. Yeah, yeah, the vaccine's coming out supposedly sometime in, in the month to come. But who wants to sign up to be the first guinea pigs on that? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Everybody uh, wants it, but nobody wants to be the, the Yeah, tester. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, so will it ever go back to normal? <laughs> what is normal? I yeah. mean, so— And was know, normal good anyway? Right, because we're, we're really kind of, in a way, defining that based upon what— our churches looked like for the, I mean, our backgrounds, you know, for the last 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever. The church has been around for 2,000 years. So, you know, the church will survive or be taken away, uh, raptured, you know. So, one way or the other, the church makes it. What is it? What does the post church look like after? I don't know, but is it necessarily a bad thing? I don't 
know. I mean, the church has always survived, and the church has gone through World War II. The church has gone through Black the, Death. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been multiple, multiples. Yeah, over two thousand years. So, I mean, you you go back in church history. I mean, the monks basically kept it going. What a Middle Age? I don't know when that was, but um, so there's there's a lot of church history here too. I think what we need to really consider is that what what is changing for us is not the church but it's the way we do church. So the, I don't believe the church changes. I think that God instituted the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the people of God, and he said this is your job, this yeah. is your responsibility. And that's been the same for 2000 years like like you said. Well, yeah, yeah 2000 years. Um, but it's been on the heart of God, I think, since the creation of time. Right. You know, there's always been a gospel. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, there was a gospel yeah. that was being unfolded and, and revealed to us. So it's not a question of how does the church change. I think it's a question of how does how does the church be the church and how does the methodology change. Right. That's what we're really struggling with because our flow or our system mm-hmm. has been disrupted. So how let's talk about that. How how has it been disrupted? Oh, I mean obvious, but yeah. Well, you know, for... the state the obvious. I mean the meeting, the in person meetings. I mean we we're doing we are doing services again, but even that is is very limited, and we have spacing out and stuff. But we really don't have any of our small groups, home groups. Uh, you know, our Sunday morning breakfast. None of that stuff has started back. So um, the fellowship aspect has fellowship really aspect, been yeah. hindered. Yeah. Okay. All the all the little. And we've talked about this in multiple other staff meetings about, you know, we have a large group meeting, but but those medium group meetings and those small groups are so crucial to the life of, of any church, any congregation, any person. People need people, you know, um, and we don't have that right now. So, and, and so I would say the post-corona season has to, at some point, to me, bring those things back in, be it what may, at some point— interactions have to occur at yeah. some point. I mean, we'll die one way or the other, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we've got to have human interactions. Well, I, I think the extreme isolation that people are experiencing is probably one of the worst um, results of the virus because we're isolated in every segment of life, and it's turning people inward and and so the fulfillment of that isolation or the the fulfillment of connection and relationship mm-hmm. if it's being met at all is i think somewhat of a superficial fulfillment that's right. that's online i mean you you can do digital stuff that that's same. a necessity but it's, it, the best illustration i heard is you know you can you can watch a fire place online you can yeah. you can hear the crack you can see yeah. the colors of the flame but there. you can't feel the heat yeah and so, I'm, again, I'm not downing that. I'm not saying that's sin or that's wrong, yeah. but but it really is a cheap substitute. There's people in prison that get married, you know, and you're yeah. like, what, what good is that? Like, <laughs> you go see them through a window. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But that really happens. So. But but we're built for physical touch. Yeah. We need touch. You know, that's why believers hug. You know, that's why believers shake hands. That's why we stand in groups and talk, yeah. because that's that's the way we were made. Um. So for church, or for a methodology of church, um, those groups have been seriously disrupted. Mm-hmm. Part of the good part, though, is that it's it's made us really look and say, how much time are we spending on things that really, yeah. if we take them away right now, does it change anything? You know, yeah. Bulletins, for instance. We yeah. haven't printed a bulletin in six months. Yeah. 
but that really hasn't impacted us much, at least that I can tell. Have you seen the difference? Mm -hmm. No, but we also haven't had anything to advertise other than Sunday service. Not that (laughs) I'm the one that does, so I don't think we need to go back to them either. (laughs) Um, But, you know, honestly, if we were doing a bulletin, I don't even know what would be in it right now. Uh, The order of service, perhaps. Yeah, that's but but even then, why do you even know? Why do you need to know, no, know that? Right, right. You know, it's been this. Yeah, it's been the same for a while now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the post-corona church might look like less stuff, less uh, activities, more the core of who we are. I will. I don't want to cause a controversy. Yeah, I do. There. In this conversation, I've even seen some blog posts out there talking about this very issue, and it is kind of a slant the other way going, hey, this is the new reality. You know, Zoom church is a real thing, and and, and, and there are online churches out there, and I don't want to come down, because I think they definitely serve a purpose. It's what the TV ministry did maybe 30 years ago. Gospel's gone worldwide. I, I don't really have a huge issue with that. However, I do kind of take issue with that that is going to be the new and only norm where, where, hey, my family is going to a church in, we live here in Florida, they're going to church in Dallas, Texas, and we're doing it every Sunday morning in our PJs watching a television set. I don't think that's, I think that's getting some gospel in you. I think you can learn a lot. Great teachers and preachers out there, but I don't, I don't, something in me just doesn't, that's not church. I mean, that, that's not the body. That's not life on life kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I was talking. I'll push with, back on that. I was so. talking with a teenager this morning about the difference between knowing God and knowing God, and the the illustration I used was knowing God by pointing to our head versus knowing God by pointing to our heart. And although it's the same word, it has two different meanings. And I feel like what part of the discussion with the uh, online presence, it's incredible and it's awesome, and it's about knowing God, pointing to our head, and knowing each other pointing to our head, but that personal relationship of knowing someone mm-hmm. pointing to our heart is not accomplished through that. I think that's where where we're lacking and where the necessity of it is. I don't think it affects our our head knowledge and our even our, our perseverance and striving after knowing more of God in both ways. Um, because honestly, that's a, you could get that from reading a book, from listening to podcasts. All of these different things help with both of those aspects of someone who's passionately pursuing Jesus. But the interpersonal relationship. So we can. So thinking of the 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 uh, great command that Jesus said, we can use everything that's going on now to love God, absolutely, and we can be more passionate in our love of God. But our love for each other is where we're really missing a lot because of the lack of opportunity. Yeah. So I can say that I love others, but I'm not able to demonstrate because of of the the lack of personal touch, the lack of uh, personal relationships that's that's able to happen now. I think also part of this discussion, in order to to honestly answer what the post corona church looks like, we we almost have to I think we do have to ask the question, how long is it before the post-corona church arises? Because if we're talking six months from now, I'm going to say that 95% of things go back to the way they were. Because it's, it's you know, six yeah, months yeah. from now, you're let you're just barely over a year into corona. Mm-hmm. If we're talking five years from now, yeah. 10 years from now, yeah. 
whatever is going to morph will morph over those three, four, five, eight, ten years into what that is. And so it, at that point, it's speculation. I think you know, radically thinking five, ten years down the, the road, if worldwide pandemics continue to happen, yeah, not only is church going to look different, life is going to look different. Jobs are going to look different. Income's going to look different. You know, family's going to—so many things are going to look different based on that, and the church is going to have to um, transition into to being the church in whatever that environment happens to be. So, I mean, it's like, you know, the church here in, in the Western United States looks different than the church in South Africa. The truth is the same. But church looks different than it does, uh, you know, North India, South India. Yeah. It doesn't look the same yeah. because North India is exper- experiencing, you know, radical persecution. South India, not as much so. The truth doesn't change. The truth of who Jesus is and the truth of the gospel does not change. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's presented, the way the church lives it out, looks different. Underground church in China, mm-hmm. open church in Guatemala. I mean, on and on. You can yeah. you can look at these different variations, and I think that's what we have to do as the church is see where God's at, see what God's doing, and moving. Kind of what Henry Blackaby wrote about years ago, mm-hmm. and be the church in that in, in, in that option. So as a Christ follower. I have to I have to be thinking daily how do I demonstrate and proclaim who Jesus is the universal reign of God through Jesus Christ in this world that I'm experiencing right now because it looks different so I need to start thinking differently. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. You know, going back to the online church thing, um I'm I'm struggling with this because I when the a couple of weeks ago I had a realization that all major groups or all major activities have become online. Everything. Conferences, um, TV shows, talk shows, everything. You know, they've got, uh, if you're looking at Ellen or you're looking at uh, Jimmy Fallon or whoever they are, they have the, the stage set, then they have the people on screens in the audience to make mm-hmm. that somewhat normal. So it's kind of like, a, I guess, a hybrid. And my thought is, there has been a shift whether we like it or not, it is a shift that has become an acceptable way of doing things. Now, I don't think that the people on stage, whoever that person is, prefers that. I think in, anybody who's an entertainer, anybody who likes to be on stage, wants a full house. That's just, there's energy in a full house. But I think that, that in the minds of people, it has shifted to become a norm. So where I struggle is... How do we do a? How do we live in both worlds? Because we can't live in just one world. If we live in just the world of digital, yeah. then we're 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 leaving the core of who we are. We are a gathering people. We are a connection people. But if we stay just a connection people, we're leaving perhaps the front door to being a connecting people. And so I really wrestle with how how we do that. How do we? How do we say, okay, this is this is here, but it's an entry to something much deeper, right. and and you know that, that that of course has been the struggle of the church for centuries. Mm-hmm. It's just it just has a different look to it now. So what were you going to say? Well, I, I hope what I'm about to say comes out the right way. But what an opportunity we have now to be counterculture in, in a very good and positive way, and maybe even more so in the in the near future. Um, I'd start this with first of all, you know we. We, we do live under the systems of governments, and we should listen to advice and experts and all this kind of stuff. But, but first and foremost, we 
are biblically mandated to do to do certain things, and I think one of those is assembling of people. Um, but if we if we come to a time where the whole world is shut down and everything is like you say faces on screens, and we come in as a church and say we're going to meet in person, I mean we are suddenly counterculture in a major yeah. way, but in a biblical way, I would say. Now that is. And That's make, really what we did for the outside services, yeah, essentially. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we kind of met both worlds there. But, I mean, and I don't know where we're headed, but it might come to a point where we're mandated not to do that, and then we say, you know what, we're still going to do that, and we get arrested and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that day is coming or not, but... California is here. It, it is. So, I do believe, you know... We take this thing serious and everything, but I do believe biblically there is an assembly of the people and, and meeting together. It's it's so crucial. Um, you know, you were mentioning the five to ten years. I don't I don't think we'll make it that far. You know? <laughs> I mean, like it, 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 Corona may go on that far, but I don't think that the church will the church will kind of have to make decisions before you know we get to a yeah. five year point. Like we're we're gonna rebel and just say to heck with it. We're meeting well, together. But that's what I meant by post. I, know. I knew not yeah. not. I mean, because right. post means it's over. Yeah, the corona's over, yeah, so right. Yeah, so, and I, I agree. The church is going to, yeah, yeah, it, it's, something. It's not going to. Well, wait okay. That long. So this is happening right now, though, and it's happened for a thousand plus years in areas where Christianity is illegal. Right. So in China, for instance, and it's growing. They meet regardless of whether or not they have permission to meet. Right. Now they they have to meet under cover of darkness. You know, yeah. they cannot just. Just say no. We're hanging a shingle. Or we're turning yeah. the on light on, and and we're we're just going to defy yeah. publicly. Because if they did that, they'd be arrested and killed right. and burned and all that kind of stuff. Right. But but there's still this idea of you. You're not going to tell us not to. And I th- I think that the enemy is so crafty that he's made it to where the church has to make a decision of. Do we want to be perceived as dangerous, or do we want to be perceived as going along? And so he, he, he I think the enemy did this in a way to where it, it is not a question of, do you follow the government or not? Mm-hmm. It's now a question of, do you love people or not? Because that's the way it's phrased. Right. If you meet, then you don't love people. Right, and like it or not, we, we do have the biblical <clears throat> mandates, we have Christianity, but we said earlier, not going to make it political, but stinking everything is political. Yeah, you're like, right. Like you're it's, right. oh, so you, you're one of those kind of people. I mean, it, it and it's like, no, I'm a Christ-following, Bible-believing, you know, I mean... It, Fundamentalist, right, what you are. Yeah, exactly. It's a <laughs> you label, believe label, all the label, words. label, you know, oh, you just don't yeah. care about people. You want to yeah. kill people. Can yeah, I isn't that great, that? the way they say it? You just want to kill people, don't you? Because yeah. well, I don't want to wear a mask. You, I'm killing people. I mean, really? That's, right. that's yeah. the jump you make? Yeah, that, yeah it's a huge <laughs> jump. Yeah, we just went political there, didn't we? But but it's but that's <laughs> but it's exact, true, yeah. And, and and I don't care both sides of the aisle. Everybody's making this jump to make everything, you know. So, hmm. I don't know. I, I we got we have a lot of tough decisions to make, and the church has a lot. The church, different denominations. I mean, there's there's this is unchartered, you know. But I do believe what <laughs> Satan meant for evil, God does yeah. intend for good. And this this could ultimately it may take some time to get through. This could ultimately be this time for the church to be counterculture, and be the one and only place where people can gather together and have interaction. And I mean, people at some point 
at some point, I mean, people may like the break right now, but at some point, just seeing faces on a screen is going to get old. Yeah. You know? And Could you imagine being married to somebody through distance only and only being able to see each other once or twice every couple of years in person? It reminds me growing up, my dad would have his Navy and he'd have deployments. And we didn't even have the screens and FaceTime then. It would just be a phone call. And we talked to him, you know, every day or every other day, however often. But it wasn't the same. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the same. So, so we can do it. It's just not ain't the, same. the best. It's not the same. Well, you know, there was this huge movement 10, 15 years ago of house churches. Hmm. And honestly, that might be the direction that this goes, if this goes for a long term, because, you know, you gather 10, 15 people in a house um, and and live life together and break bread and study the word and pray with each each other and for each other. That is the the biblical example we've seen so many times. And that's, as Jeff mentioned earlier, that's one of the things you see happening in China. Uh, All of them aren't necessarily that small, but, you know, the, the, the government is very limited on being able to dictate what happens in our personal home mm-hmm. with our neighbors. And although you're right, but do you know that um, yes. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving yeah. in many states has been limited to 10 people? Yep. yep. And there's also been a lot of people that have <laughs> said forget to, it. to blankety blank 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 <laughs> with you. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I think I saw um, some sheriffs uh, some reports that sheriff's departments have said, we're not enforcing that. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it gets wild and crazy and we have down. to come. And that's, that's kind of what yeah. I mean is that it's not that government would not say, would, would limit what you can do, but the enforcement of mm-hmm. it versus a congregation of a hundred people gathering together, a whole lot easier for law yeah. enforcement or, or someone else to dictate what can and can't happen and enforce it and, yeah, things of that nature. but and, and I'm not saying that is what's going to happen, but I see that as a possibility for the church, is that resurgence of mm-hmm. a smaller gathering of people. Now, what that will do to effect um, positive or negative on a larger organized gathering of believers, like Story Point, like First Baptist Gulf Breeze, like so many other churches that are out there, yeah. that, wow, that, that's, yeah. that potentially could end a lot of corporate um, yeah, the, organizational the bigger, yeah. churches, if, if that's what happens long-term. But from a health of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. that might be what uh, a direction that we could be going in. So let's talk about the elephant in the room then. What about money? Because so many churches, uh, ours included to a degree, but we don't have any debt. Um, so many churches have pretty hefty requirements per Sunday in order just to meet the obligations that they have. If you have an, a large building, you've got power and sewer and water and maintenance and upkeep and all those things. If you have a building that you've built and you now have a, a debt service on it, mm-hmm. um, you know that, that payment's not going away. And so if you're sitting at 60% capacity or if you're sitting at uh, 40 or 30% in some cases— mm-hmm. Um, you're you're in a lot of trouble now. You might have been able to take some government funds. We chose not to take government funds, but you know a lot of churches did. You know mm-hmm. we're not going to make a judgment on that. That's their call. But eventually that runs out, and you have to say, okay, what is the what is the the long term result of that? Um, have any thoughts on on that? Got to get creative. I mean, uh, just 
popped in my mind after Hurricane Michael over in Panama City. Uh, multiple, multiple buildings were knocked over and destroyed, and a lot of them didn't, uh, you know, get settlements and this kind of stuff. So you see churches merging. You see, um, not that it, in this type of situation merge because it's bigger and bigger, but you may have to just consolidate the debt, like sell the property, get rid of it, and start over, you know, merge with some other congregation. Um, if it is, uh, you know, do rentative facilities, you know, this kind of thing. We may have to get really, really creative in the in the future. So, But for that to happen on the scale that you're talking about, Jeff, I think that will affect the entire economy as a whole, yeah. such as what we're experiencing here in Gulf Breeze with places like McDonald's, of all places, that cannot keep its doors open yeah. uh, because of— one, the economy, but two, because of the bridge being bridge out and, out, yeah. you know, 2020 being being everything that's affected our local... Um, our, Chick-fil-A our, is having a hard time. I mean, so, they're so, making it, so, we, we, so it So it's the same thing. McDonald's has to figure out on the corporate level how they're going to pay for a building that they are no longer And they're closed having. till March now, right? I don't, I don't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. I'm just using that as an, as an example, yeah. but there are other businesses that are going out of business. There's yeah. others that have just opened that, yeah. that are not being filled to capacity. So I, I think the, the church is in a very similar situation because we look so much like the rest of the economy the rest of the world, so to speak, within the United States, and a lot of, lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of examples um, that we're we're kind of in the same boat. I read this morning. I was going to try to find it to make sure I get the exact. Um, While you're looking for that, so yeah. what is our what First Baptist? What is what is the seating in there? Five hundred. 600, 800, uh, like 12,000, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, do you want a Baptist number? I know, we're only half full in the 12,000. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, about 450, okay. realistically. So, 450. so, you know, we, we have a facility that can seat that many people, um, and we have another congregation that actually meets here on Sunday afternoons, separate from us. Another church comes yeah. in and uses the facilities. That kind of stuff could be, you know, <clears throat> a congregation may be out there right now, like you said, struggling to pay, pay a building, to pay a debt, and here's a facility that's sitting here with plenty of seating that that really is open on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know? Yeah. I mean, Saturday. And even for us, you know, let's say that, that Corona becomes a deal and, and we, we, we're limited to, you know, less than 100 people in that room. Well, we could have multiple services, multiple days. So I don't know. I, I just... You think about all the church buildings just across our county. I mean, they really are the biggest seating capacity buildings in just about anywhere in the country. Yeah. And, and they sit there empty all week. And God's a pretty creative God. Yeah. So I think that. Yeah. Uh, if if we're seeking creativity as a way to be able to make it through the the circumstances, if we're praying and seeking after God. We have to believe that he's going to help with that. Help us come up with creative ways to, to do what it is that is his heart and in his passion, mm-hmm. and that's reaching the world. So I, I was reading something this morning that uh, something like eighty percent of the restaurants in New York City are having trouble basically staying open. Mm-hmm. And if the next wave of shutdowns happen, that eighty percent, a yeah. huge number of them are going to have to close the doors. Right. And and I, I don't have the exact figure, but something to the effect of well over fifty percent. It's probably in the seventy or eighty percent mm-hmm. have defaulted on payments 
um, for, you know, just we don't have the income, we can't pay. Yeah. That is, that is like you say, a worldwide and certainly a U.S.-wide mm-hmm. issue. And the, you know, the potential is that the government would bail everybody out, but that creates its own set of problems. Yeah. We, are, we are, at this point, I read this, $280 billion behind in our in our budget, that's just so, play money at this point. Like, yeah, what but does that even mean? Yeah. But it, it is play money, but yeah. it's real in that at some point we've got to figure right. out how to pay for all this stuff. Right. So the church is changing, and it's going to change, and I think the world is changing, and it's going to change. The question is not what are we going to look like necessarily, but are we going to stay true to the purpose that God created us to do? Agreed. And that is tell His story. Mm-hmm. And love him. I mean that that's pretty much it. I, I feel like people may be longing for that too. Like just give me something simple again. Give me the yeah. simple life, you know. Give me the basic gospel message. Yeah. The world's incredibly complicated now. Well, that's uh that's a big big conversation and we'll probably have this conversation again multiple we will certainly with the microphones off, but figure it uh, out as we go. Probably with the microphones on again at some point. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. We do talk about life, faith, and everything in between. And our goal is not to be a Bible study. Our goal is to simply uh, three pastors fleshing out some of the thoughts that we have. We could be right. We could be wrong. We'd love your thoughts and inputs. We'd really love you to share this podcast. Um, It would help um, us tremendously if you would share it because we do believe that uh, we've got some good things to say that will help people to navigate through these times. So, see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.